Welcome to the fifth series of the Global Careers Calls podcast, hosted by Ray Roberts, a careers consultant at the University of London. In this exciting series, we explore the fascinating world of leadership and management. Join us as Ray interviews accomplished alumni who have emerged as leaders, sharing their personal experiences in managing people and taking on significant responsibilities across different sectors and countries. In this episode, Ray Roberts explores leadership in the professional journey of Holger Barth a current student at the University of London that is pursuing an MSc in project management. In this conversation, Holger will share some personal anecdotes on how working in an SME provided him with plenty of opportunities for his professional growth and progression, and also highlights the importance of continuous learning in the modern world. I'm really pleased to be joined by one of our esteemed students, Holger Bath. And Holger, can you, you know, maybe introduce yourself a little bit, start us off? What stage are you at in your career? What are you studying with us? Sure. Thanks, Rachel. So my name is uh, Holger Barth and I'm German. So I, I live in Germany and I work in Germany and uh, I'm 51 years old. I have two children. I'm married, although I'm working pretty internationally in an international company. So different from many people would expect. So the the backbone of the German industry is not, you know, the Volkswagen and the Daimler Benz. So it's the small and medium sized companies. And I work in a medium sized company since since many years. And I'm a director of an R&D department in this company since about five years. And so that's a great job. And we are managing a lot of projects in this department for global industry leaders. So we don't do our our own products, let's say, to the market. So we develop them for the big industry leaders like IBM or Hewlett Packard or many other companies in this industry. And since we are doing a lot of projects and I have a lot of practical experience collected in the past 20 plus years, in project, I thought it's a good idea in my 50s to go back to university and do some academic work in order to complete my understanding of managing projects. So you clearly had hugely substantial work experience already at the point where you've started to do these these studies with us. And you're doing our project management MSc, I believe. And right. have you done have you done any other postgraduate qualifications to progress to this point in your career or professional qualifications before yeah, all this decision? Actually, I have a German engineering degree, undergraduate engineering degree, and I did a lot of, you know, certifications and so in the field of project management in during my okay. career. But I thought at a certain level, it's good just to connect my experience as a practitioner to the more academic world in order to get really deeper understanding of the subject matters and being able to connect both worlds together and by doing that achieves goals more effectively. And now that you're you're here and you're actually you took that decision, you're here and you're doing the course, is it is it delivering that? Are are you finding it's enhancing enhancing your sort of professional skill set from doing these these extra studies now? 
I would say definitely, yes. So first of all, it was a bit tough to come into the right mode of operations again. <laughs> After so many years going back to university and doing that in, in English. So for me as a foreigner, of course, it's not that easy. However, it took some time to, to adjust, but now it's really a great experience. I enjoy it a lot. And indeed, there are a lot of inputs I get from the courses, which I can use also for my, for my career in the real world, let's say. And you've talked about you as an experienced German professional coming in and still gaining so much value from this. How is it in relation to other people on the on the course that you're studying alongside? Are you also working with experienced leaders and, and managers there? Or are there people that are at different stages of their career that you're studying alongside? Well, uh, the people studying alongside with me are really on all levels of, of career you can imagine. So there are really people that are just starting with their career. They're coming from totally different areas. They're coming from, from finance, from fintech banking or tests. So wherever and really people with very low experience and people with, with a long experience already. So. I am somewhere probably, if you look at the age at the upper level, but there are also people with, with um, more experience than, than 10 years. And I'm wondering, are there particular elements around that? Of, of course, we've talked about the, the content of your program and how that's helping you practically apply that in the, in the workplace and in your role and in your understanding. But in terms of the I guess, the more transferable skills that are coming out of being a distance learner. Are there ways in which you think those are enhancing your professional skill set within the workplace? Well, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's the fact that you learn how to be disciplined. You, need to, you, you better learn how to structure your day. I mean, you need to manage your time wisely in order really to, to get the work done. And this is... This is really some takeaway that you gain from a distance learning program. So first managing the schedule, managing the schedule on point. So there are different, let's say, blocks where it is demanded to deliver assignments or deliver coursework. And I think this is something you really learn to manage yourself. So this is maybe coming to the leadership discussion also. Um, leadership starts with uh, leading yourself. And uh, this is a very great takeaway that people, or especially young people, also will gain from such a program. I love that quote, leadership starts with leading yourself. And I think that very often that's the part that gets forgotten when people are thinking about how to develop as a leader. And when you think about the sort of recruitment processes that what's being looked for in qualities when people are looking for people who are good team players and, and potential leadership skills and management skills. Actually, they're looking for a lot of, of self-awareness, a lot of emotional intelligence, and a lot that isn't about telling other people what to do. So I wonder, since we've moved on to, onto that area, You've mentioned that you're studying alongside, you know, people who are at the start of their career or at much earlier stages to yourself as well. And you've obviously had this experience in getting started and, and really progressing effectively into leadership and management and project management. So if you could reflect back a bit on how did you get started and what did that what did that pathway look like to to become a manager and then and then a leader? 
Yeah, in my case, it was a relatively long journey, but if you look at it, it was quite a natural development, I would say. So after I did a, a apprenticeship in, in the toolmaking, I did my undergraduate studies and I started as a mechanical designer in a test company. And I actually, after a few years working, you know, designing mechanisms and get all this stuff done with being creative and making new things and, and so on. Almost naturally, I, I got more responsibility from my managers by managing small projects and task forces by myself. And after that, I, I got the opportunity to relocate to the People's Republic of China. So I worked a year overseas and in, in the Far East, which was actually a boost for my leadership uh, experience or for my leadership understanding because I need to adapt to new uh, cultures. I needed to take responsibilities uh, by myself because nobody else was there from my team to do it. And so this was another uh, big step in my, let's say, leadership thinking and leadership development. So when I went back after this period to Germany, I made really big R&D projects for international customers. And uh, the next step was building up R&D organizations in, in another industry. So uh, really having more focus on the organization, organizational context, but also during that step of my career, I learned it's all about people, actually. It's not about, you know, being a master in setting up processes and organizing and administrating things. So you come to a certain point when things are more complex, you understand that uh, leadership is about people. And so you, or I myself developed a lot of skills, um, starting with understanding myself better, what are my goals and how to lead myself and then leading others in teams and in organizations. And today I'm leading, as I mentioned, R&D organization, and we are working for international customers. And there are a lot of things that happens every day, you know, small disasters, big disasters. And I think one of the major issues is as a leader that you are flexible, that you adapt to context you have around you. Things are changing fast, so the future is uncertain. So one of the major things that from my perspective, it's important as a leader to be adaptive and to react based on the, the respective situation. So more situational approach uh, to leadership. And you've just touched on this point of things are ever changing and small and big disasters are happening. And we're in a world that is full of kind of volatile, uncertain change. And, and in many right. ways, what we keep hearing now is the only certainty is uncertainty. And I'm right. so curious, particularly in your field, what are the what are the hot topics at the moment in terms of future, future of work and future of leadership? What are the things that you think you're really preparing yourself for, be adaptable in response to, or what are the big changes that might be coming your way? Well, one of the hot items for my understanding is, is exactly what we discussed at the beginning of this conversation. And this is being a constant learner, let's say. So doing such kind of a, a distance study program that you can manage besides your work, this is something that really prepares you or helps you preparing for the future because 
I think one of the, the key issues is you need to be a constant learner until the end of your career, probably at, until the end of your life. And having the opportunity to taking such kind of a distance learning program, it's a great thing, actually. So I started even to think about that during the pandemic. So there was a disaster and based on that, uh, some innovation, let's say, can occur and uh, can develop. And this was an eye-opener for me, actually. And I took this chance and, and it's really great experience. And I really could recommend it to anyone who is answered, no, he, he does not know or she does not know um, whether this is good for him or not. And if they ask me, I would say, just do it. it it's great and it helps you to develop in any case. And this is something which is really, really important as a leader, constant uh, learning and development. It's wonderful to hear you saying that. And I think there's often a, a misconception when you're starting out on your career that, you know, once I progress, once I get to the top or nearer the top, then I won't need to be continuing. And actually, to hear the value that you're saying, and I'm also imagining for the people within your organization, actually role modeling as a leader, that kind of ongoing development. Do you think, um, do you talk about the fact that you're doing this study to other people in the workplace? And do you sort of use that in a way to encourage other people to pursue their own learning and development? I think, I mean, I can talk to the people, but actually they need to decision, the decision by themselves. So if they feel they are ready to do so, role modeling is great. And if they take this and then proactively do it, but they need some kind of, I believe, intrinsic motivation to do that. So if they see it and say, okay, that's it, then they need to do it, but they need to do it by themselves. Yeah. And that kind of comes back to this point about leadership starting with yourself so you know i feel like our motto from this from this interview is around leadership starting with self-awareness and with your and with yourself Absolutely. um i'd like to go back to one of the things when you started your your introduction you mentioned you know you you work for an sme and that is actually in germany and i would say in the uk and in many many countries all around the world that's where most people are working. That's what most organizations are. And we can easily get caught up, I think, in thinking we need those big brand names. We need to be working for the huge companies. And actually, as you've highlighted, it's a lot of smaller companies that are supplying those huge companies. And they wouldn't actually be there without the logistics and the components and, and everything that's being supplied to them and all of the services. So I'm, I'd just be really interested to hear a bit more about your take on the the value of pursuing a career in an SME and the fact that that still has enabled you to have that really global experience that maybe people think that they can't get unless they go for the biggest organizations that they've already heard of. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was pretty clear from the very beginning of my career that I don't want to end up in a huge, large uh, company. My focus was always really from the very beginning to be in an SME. Why? Because as a employee, I believe you have more chances or better chances to take more responsibility from the very beginning. I think if you're in a very large company and I saw some large companies during my studies, doing internships and so on, I think it was pretty static a bit more um, bureaucratic 
And people, for example, in that stage of my career, focusing on the engineering part, the mechanical design part, people had very tiny responsibility, very tiny field they worked on. So if I compare this going into an SME after my undergrad studies, it was totally different. You really had a huge opportunity to, to take responsibility on a very broad field. You had a lot more interfaces to other departments. And so I would say as, as a conclusion, if you start at least your career in an SME, you have the chance to learn faster than in a large company. So at least this is my personal view because you take more responsibilities from the very beginning. And that taking of responsibility more from the from the outset sounds like it links to what you were talking about earlier of how your career progression wasn't a deliberate construction. It wasn't, I am going to be a leader of a company. It was a series of opportunities came your way and you're, and you're feeling yeah. that more of those opportunities came your way. So even working in SME, people might think it's, it's you know, a limited uh, bandwidth of opportunities you can, you can get. From my understanding, it's totally different. So it's the opposite. Uh, you, you have more opportunities and I had the chance to develop naturally. So I was not forced to do something or so. I also had the chance to select freely and I got up different opportunities that I could choose. And this was really great experience until today. And as these were naturally unfolding for you, you might not have been looking for them. So I'm curious, were there times where you were asked to take on more responsibility or step up as a manager and you thought, I'm a bit daunted by this. I might not be able to do it. I don't. Yes, you're asking me to, but I don't know how to do that. Were there were there times where you were being asked to kind of step out of your comfort zone? Well, actually, I did that by myself. So after I made a huge project, R&D project in, in my company, after that, it, it was great. The project was finished, so everybody was happy. So it was an almost four years project. And I had a stable position in the company. I had a good reputation, but what did I do? I said, now I leave you guys and go to a different industry. So this was really going out of the comfort zone because I did not know anything about the automotive industry at that time. And I decided to, when it was a great time to decided to leave all this behind me, go to another company and building an R&D department there in an industry I didn't know at all. So. That was quite a going out of the comfort zone and I was not forced to do so or pushed to do so. I just felt I need to do so by myself. And uh, so I had this intrinsic motivation, let's say, to do it. So I was not pushed, but these moments, yeah, either or the other way uh, will come during the career for sure. And you've had a really diverse experience in in tasting different elements of different roles and and moving between different locations. And I'm wondering, we're talking in this podcast series around leadership and management. And obviously, you have a career in, in project management. You are in a leadership role. And I'm imagining you've been in a series of, of management roles in, in between. And I'd love to hear your thoughts around what are the differences or if there are differences from your perspective in terms of leadership and management. And if you have a a preference or think different skills are mo more important in different um, leadership or management roles? 
Well, actually, obviously you need both, right? You need the skills in, in management and also in leadership. And, and as we know, there, there are intersections or overlappings between both fields. As I mentioned earlier, actually, you, you, you need to have basic management skills to do the things right, right? This is a basic fundament that, that you need to have anyway. But at a certain point, you feel that, and I repeat here that it's about people. And if you, if you have to do with people, whether they are in your organization or whether they are at interfaces of the organization or at the customer side, uh, you need to learn how to, how to deal with it. And, um, especially being emotionally intelligent or something, this is something that you are not in touch with if you're just a manager. So after some time, at least it was in my case, you learn to have more attention to these things. And if you're really honestly deep dive into those items, I would assume everybody is able to discover some gaps in the own personality or some weaknesses, let's say. And uh, I think then it's up to a leader really to have the opportunity to develop. So after you identify this gap, you can work on this. And this is really making you more complete as, as a leader. And I'm coming back to what I said, it's all a learning journey. And uh, if you're really reflecting what you are doing, it's a great way to improve uh, looking forward. Thank you. And I'm wondering when a big learning experience happened for you, maybe around emotional intelligence and working with, with people, you've, you've keep coming back to, this is the essence of what makes it, what makes you an effective manager and what makes you an effective leader. Can you, can you remember a time where you had a shift because of an experience in, in terms of your emotional intelligence or your interpersonal skills? Well, I think there are a lot of, a lot of examples actually, so in my context, we are really working with diverse teams. So people from, from other cultures and, and I would say even people from different departments, if you talk to software developers, it, they have in average a very different personality than people from sales or customers, which, which have a different perspective on things. And there are a lot of conflicts. And if I, if I need to take out this, is managing conflict within a, a team or organization. And this is on daily basis. And, and what you learn is that, you know, setting up right processes is great. But if the people do not work according to processes, because there are some, some hidden conflicts somewhere, the best processes are worthless, actually. So you need to make sure that you understand how your people think what their weaknesses and strengths are and how to bring them together in order to, to resolve conflict if there is some conflict popping up. And this is, for my understanding, more important because more effective than, you know, being a manager and just uh, fine-tuning and tweaking processes. And this is the theoretical part is important, but not as important as managing the people and make them feel comfortable in their surrounding and give them what they need to do their to do their work and achieve their objectives so that balance of process and management and systems combined with ultimately culture and awareness and understanding and especially you've mentioned the diversity especially within the global context and i guess coming back to how this links with the studies and with the distance learning studies here at the university of london this is an opportunity to 
practice those skills because you do have such a diverse cohort that you're studying alongside both in terms of location and stage and career. Well, thank you so much, Holger. This has been an amazing conversation. Thanks, Rachel. This was the fifth season of the Global Careers Calls podcast brought to you by the University of London Career Service. All links and resources are in the show notes. This episode was presented by Ray Roberts, edited by Bushra Janu, and introduced by me, Abby Underwood. If you want to hear more inspiring stories from our global graduate cohort, subscribe to be the first to know when we release a new episode. You can find our episodes on your favourite streaming platforms, including Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts and many more. Thank you for listening and join us next time for a new Global Careers Call.